Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ryan McCarthy, watching in upstate New York, says, Why does Saskatchewan have the best town names? Paradise Hill, Moose Jaw. Well, he says Flin Flon, and that's actually Manitoba. And frankly, I'm partial to Medicine Hat. How about that? I also learn something every day. We learn today that Flin Flon Manitoba stands for Flintibetty Flonaton, a fictional character from a 1905 novel. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, hello Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show on a Flame Tech Football Friday. If I had my bell, I'd be ringing it, but we've lost it. But that's okay. It's our final show from the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons. And what a time to be leaving as we head into the playoffs here. But it is a Flame Tech uh, Football Friday. We'll be talking a lot of football today as we welcome in our co-host, the lovely, talented, and the affable Darren Moose Dupont. How are you doing, Moose? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good, 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 good. Are you ready to talk sports for the next two hours? Oh, yeah. And then some great hockey this weekend? Yeah. Yes, life is good. And coming up in hour one, yeah, yes, the CFL preseason kicks off tonight. There are some football issues to get to, but there's a lot of hockey talk to get to. And Joe Watson, an absolute stud, dog, Philadelphia Flyers, two-time Stanley Cup champion, from the 70s. He was up here last night speaking at the banquet with us. He's going to join us right here on set. A Philadelphia sports icon. Really close friends with Dick Vermeil. You're going to enjoy that in hour one. In hour two, John Hodge will join us from 3downnation.com. He broke the story yesterday or last night that the CFL players were voting and then ratifying the owner's proposal and there will be ball for all and football in Winnipeg tonight and also Ottawa. So those are the guests. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? Because everybody's tuning in. I even see it from the football people that are watching, expecting us to talk about what happened last night at the Saddle Dome in Calgary. The Edmonton Oilers are off to the Western Conference Final. Connor McDavid scored a 5-0-3 of the first overtime as the Oilers defeated the Calgary Flames 5-4 to win their second-round playoff series in five games. The Edmonton captain fired his seventh goal of the postseason past Jacob Markstrom to send the orders spilling over their bench in celebration. But that's not the goal that everybody's talking about. How much time was left, Moose, when the Blake Coleman goal occurred? Was, Under six minutes. Yeah, I was going to say inside nine minutes. It was five and a bit. Banquet. It was 4-4, and I saw it in my hotel room here at the Days Inn. Full disclosure, right out of the gate, if you're an Oilers fan or a Flames fan, you are recused from an opinion because you're just clearly biased. You don't see it like the rest of us. I was cheering for both teams. I'm happy that the Oilers won. I would have been happy if the Flames had won the series. The goal should have stood. And before we go any further, that's our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Vote on it now on Twitter or YouTube. Should the Blake Coleman goal have counted? 61% of you, the last I saw, know the rule book and said yes. Now, I would have liked to have talked to some officials about this. They were all drunk at the banquet last night. So I couldn't talk to them. Yeah. I'm joking. I don't know. I left. But 
I still would have liked to have talked to him. You can't get a straight answer out of those guys anyways. But I thought the rule book had been changed because the NHL and CHL rule book is the same, right? They mimic each other. Yeah. They took out the kicking motion. If it goes off your skate, kicking or not, I thought the goal was to stand. That's A. B, they say if Coleman hadn't touched it at all, the puck would have gone in. Oilers were the better team. So the Flames aren't getting off the hook because of that. But I'll just say right now, I thought the rule stated that that should have been a good goal. Similar to the Brett Hull goal back in the day. It's, it, sh- it shouldn't be a gray area in the rule book for something like that. And it's unfortunate, Darren, that it kind of marred a series clinching game. It did. You know, we're going to think back to it and think this, the fans deserve a game six in both markets. They deserve more of this hockey. You know, when he redirects it in, I thought it was a good goal, too. I'm with you on that. You know, what they took out with the kicking motion, it's anywhere outside the crease. You can kick it in. The kicking motion doesn't matter. You know, if it's in the crease, you can't. But he redirected it. I thought it was fine. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, when McDavid scored the overtime winner, and then how excited he got, and if you saw the video of him going into the locker room down the tunnel, that's the Connor McDavid we want to see. When he's emotional like that and happy, and you see a kid who just loves to play hockey and loves to win and is so passionate, that's a guy who's extremely likable, and it makes me want to cheer for the Oilers. I've been thinking a lot about him and just the fact that he never asked for a trade in all those dark times, seven seasons there, and it just seems like he is the type of player that would never ask for a trade, and he hasn't, and it seems like it's paying off. And to say that they might win the Stanley Cup, why not? They're into the final four now. I didn't think they were going to win the series. A lot of Oilers fans didn't even think they were going to win the series, but they did. So, Bob's your uncle. Anything can happen now. Mercury's Bob's in retrograde. It is a second season. It's not the same as the regular season. You're finding out why. James Henderson's watching in Manitoba. He says, I hate both teams, but I thought it was a good goal. I've seen two or three similar goals that were called good. Right? But it's interesting. I would like your take on this, too. Farhan, our good friend Farhan Lalji from TSN, weighed in on this on Twitter, and he said the NHL is bigger than this. Basically, they won't feel the hit, I think is what his exact term was, and that the NHL, they're above getting blasted. Do you know what I mean? They. Yeah. i got to move this light. I can't even see you. It's right okay. in the middle of us. Sure. Okay. We'll do you, that. We'll do that in the break. Blinded. <sighs> it's an occupational hazard. Anyways, is the NHL bigger than the criticism of this, or do they will they feel bad today that maybe they blew one? They might feel bad that they blew one, but no, like they're they're big enough that this isn't going to affect their business. It's just not like this isn't going to really change how they do business or really give them any hit. It's just they might have made you know they might think that they made a mistake, but that's about it. They'll think about it like ah. You know what? Maybe we could have went the other way and the series would still be going and everything would be great. But no, they, they won't lose much sleep over it. And nor should they. William, well, do you think they think they blew it? No. Yeah, well, then then, then, then they should be able I to. Think, if like, they feel they did the best they can and calling like, that, that's then the they thing. should be fine. Like, I do think it was a, it was a good goal. So when you say blew it, I mean, it was so close and it's so divisive. And you look at our poll results, right? that it wasn't so obvious, you know what I mean? Like a high stick that was missed or something like that. So it was a bit of a gray goal. And Well, Flames fans have a built-in excuse now yeah. uh, that they 
And I don't say this sarcastically or to be a jerk. I mean, they can hang their hat on this and say, well, hey, the refs cost us the series. But it was a five-game series. They weren't themselves. They weren't even really in the series after game one. So that's unfortunate because we're going back to Calgary next month to Great Eagle, and we're hoping we're hoping to be broadcasting from a Stanley Cup final. Guess we're going to Edmonton. And William writes in. Somebody says, I'm the same. Yes, William May watching in Lloyd Minster. He says, same with me, Rod. I was cheering for both teams. You can actually cheer for both teams. We do business with both teams. We have friends with both teams. You know, our business guy, Lee Genier, grew up in Ontario. He said he's a fan of both the Leafs and the Canadians. I'm like, how can you do that? But I guess if we can be the fans of both the Flames and Oilers, yeah. it's possible. So I'm happy for the Oilers. I'm happy for their fans. But I feel terrible for the Calgary Flames and their fans because they expected so much more than this. So we invite you to vote on our poll and chime in with your thoughts on the text line 902-518-3033 or in the chat. There is another series going on, by the way, or there was another one last night. The Carolina Hurricanes own a 3-2 lead in their second round series following a 3-1 victory over the New York Rangers. The Canes won with special teams as Vincent Trocek scored shorthanded and Tevu Taranen added a rare power play goal for Carolina, who struggled with a man advantage. That's the other game last night that nobody's talking about. Point two, Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons here at Affinity Place in Estevan. Quarterfinals begin today, 4 p.m. Mountain, 6 Eastern. It is the Flynn Flon Bombers, one of my favorite teams in this tourney, facing the Pickering Panthers. They're not one of my favorite teams in this tourney. 4 p.m. local, and then at uh, 7.30 here, 9.30 Eastern, it's Collège Français de Longue, Quebec, don't you know? versus the Summerside Western Capitals. I'll be cheering for Summerside because my good friend Billy McGuigan is their head coach, former Regina Pats assistant coach. Doubleheader beginning at 4 Mountain, 6 Eastern. You can watch it all at HockeyCanada.ca. This week's coverage of the Centennial Cup is brought to you in part by Cavendish Farms, proud supporter of junior hockey across Canada. Thank you for jumping on board. Point three. The CFL Players Association ratified its new collective bargaining agreement last night. The ratification came two days after Commissioner Randy Ambrosi unveiled the league's final offer to its players. The deal must also be ratified by the Board of Governors, but that's not expected to be an issue. With the players accepting the agreement, the league's exhibition season will open tonight with a doubleheader Toronto, or sorry, two games, not a doubleheader, Toronto at Ottawa, Edmonton at Winnipeg. We will get into that because it is a football Friday. We'll talk about what we're going to be looking for in any preseason game, let alone these ones. But I was thinking about people that were writing the show yesterday saying, Rod, your impression of Brian Williams is bang on. And I was thinking, thank you for that. Been around him a lot. And then I'm thinking, Chris Jones, he's going to be on the sidelines in Winnipeg tonight with Edmonton. And the last time Chris Jones was on the sidelines with Edmonton was the Grey Cup in 2015 when they won it. Yeah. Who says you can't go back? Because he did. And I was thinking about that in the washroom here at Affinity Place this morning. We'll kick this around later. Who says you can't go back? But I was thinking, what if Brian Williams, John Lynch, and Chris Jones had a hot stove? Oh, boy. I can can do impressions of all of them. Yeah. Brian Williams. (laughs) 1966 Grey Cup. John Lynch, you were there. Set the scene. Oh, the 1966. Oh, what a, what a game. What a game. I could go on. We've been waiting our whole life the first Grey Cup. Chris Jones, 
You were watching in Alabama as a young lad. I'll tell you what. Yep. I was down there in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. It's right there on the Florida-Georgia line. It's in black and white. And it's two teams called the Rough Riders and the Rough Riders. <laughs> I was some bitch. I said, you throw $100 down there and the Rough Riders for me. <laughs> oh. That's just off the top of my head. But we could do like a hot stove and personally, would that be a lot of fun? Oh, it would be amazing. We should do it. And the Rough Riders won. <laughs> what will you be watching for tonight, uh, if anything, in the preseason games? Toronto-Ottawa will be on TSN. Not much. I, I mean, I think I'm a football guy, so I love watching all the position battles. But when I watch preseason... I watch like a fan, Rod. Yes. I watch like a fan and like a kid. So what will I watch for? The quarterbacks, right? The backup quarterbacks. Who's going to be the next guy in Ottawa? Where are they going to go at that position? What's going to happen in Toronto? So I'm looking for that, some of the skill position guys, see if any names jump off the board. That's kind of what I'll be watching tonight. Watch it for fun. Yeah. I, I'm watching it differently now than when I was a play-by-play -play voice in the team, uh, in the league. Craig in Calgary writes in says, amazing. That was with absolutely no polish whatsoever. Um, last night I was lying in bed. It was 11.45 p.m. And I was thinking we could do a fun hot stove with those three guys. Brian Williams, Chris Jones, and John Frenzy. And then I thought I was a loser for not being asleep yet. And why I was thinking about that. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and then I find out that you're out in the bar till 1.30 in the morning with all of Estevan. That's what I love about this town. They don't even ask me to go out anymore. They know the deal. Yeah. You represent, you were out doing public relations last night. Somebody, yeah, like I know my role. And, yeah, exactly. We all play a role on the team. And it was it was good last night. The place was jammed. And I, I, I can say this now because they're not playing. The Estevan Bruins were in there last night having a good time. So it was good. Any stories you can share? Um, none I can share. Except that I'm disappointed that I didn't uh, get to meet uh, Estevan's most popular. Maybe tonight. Okay. We'll be around here for a little while longer. Um, Craig Smith watching, our director of scouting. We haven't heard from Smitty for a while. He says, love watching the new players. Thank God they're playing. William and Lloyd Minster says, I will be watching the preseason for the new rule changes and the rookies. Uh, Jeff in Winnipeg says Rod has all those impersonations down to a T. That wasn't even my best. That was just rough. Give me some time to perfect it. Cooper Campbell watching in Mississippi says outstanding, Rod. Thank you. Again, doubleheader. Actually, we got time here. Because Joe, have we seen Joe Watson? We have not. Ah, okay, so but, it might be just me and him. That's okay. But he does not own a cell phone. Listen, man. <laughs> we can talk more about the football next segment. Joe Watson, 79. Born the same year as my mom, whom we lost from cancer a couple years ago. And every time I see somebody my mom's age, I feel robbed. You know, you have, fortunately, you haven't lived that. Right. And I pray you won't have to. This guy has energy and life of somebody half his age. Yeah. And he said, comes up and he says, Ron, I understand that you spent a lot of time in Boca Raton, Florida. I said, yes, I do. He goes, one of my best friends lives down there. I'll give you his number, Bernie Perrant. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, I know Bernie and his wife, Gina. And he goes, well, here's his number, 601, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you, rem you remember that off the top of your head? He goes, I don't own a phone. I don't own a computer, but I can remember 
Phone numbers. He has to. Like he doesn't have a phone. He remembers it. Joe Watson, two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Philadelphia Flyers. And, man, did he entertain us last night. But I don't know. Was he out late last night? Uh, he's walking up right behind oh, you. he's coming. Okay, he's got the stories. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you on the hook until later on this hour and then for sure hour two to get more into the CFL games. Two of them tonight, Toronto at Ottawa and Edmonton at Winnipeg. Chris Jones returns to IG Field. What will you be watching for? Rough Riders, Bombers next week. There's a lot to get into, but Joe Watson will join us next. We will be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. This has been the warm-up. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and we've got 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Rod Peterson, back in Canada. He must be lost. On location, brought to you by the city of Estevan. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The Rod Peterson Show, brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan. Aerial coverage for the RP Show brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. Interesting comments coming in from our viewers. <clears throat> Can't remember, uh, somebody said, are you going to miss? Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, I'm going to miss the sound of the hockey in the background when we leave here. We'll have to pipe it in like crowd noise during the pandemic. Yeah, it's been great broadcasting all week long from the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons right at ice level. We paused the football Friday for Flame Tech to bring in, I'm going to tell you right now, a hockey living legend. Two-time Stanley Cup champion, Joe <laughs> Watson. Let's put the camera on this guy. From Smithers, B.C., played in the NHL from 67 to 78 with the Philadelphia Flyers. One season with the Colorado Rockies, 78-79, and actually broke in with the Boston Bruins in 1964. And you played for the Estevan Bruins for two seasons, Joe, as you know here, beginning in 19, was it 60 or 61? Uh, 61. Yeah. 61. Yeah. Smithers, yeah. B.C. to Estevan, Saskatchewan. You must have thought you'd gone to Vegas or something. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. When I found out I was going there, I was very excited. I had the letter that uh, the invitation that I got in 1960. I still have it. At, at, and I, like I say, I hoard everything. So I've got that. But it took us five days to get down here from Smithers to Estevan. Five days. And... Uh, the guy that drove me down was my coach, and he was a rail. He was an engineer in the railroad, uh, CN, uh, CNR, and and uh, he drove me down here and uh, drove myself. There's a guy, another another guy named Butch Morris was from Smithers, and Brian Collison. Brian Collison played in Estevan for a couple of years too, and as as well as Butch. But we came down here, and uh, and when I got down here, I found out there was 104 guys trying out for four positions, and. I go to the I go to the the guy that invited me the scout. I said, "Why the hell did you invite me something like this?" He says, "He says, Joe, if I didn't think you had a chance, I wouldn't invite you." That's all he had to tell me. So, the rest I took that under my wing and 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 put it in my mind and what I had to accomplish. And, and literally, the rest is history. And, yeah. and you know, and it's funny. I'll ask you what I said just before we went to air. Are you having as good of time in Estevan as it appears? <laughs> 
Well, last night we sure had a good time. <laughs> I'm trying to dry out a little bit here. Well, that's the way it's supposed to go. And people remembered you. They were so excited to see you. Oh. Uh, tell them those stories. What was your favorite part of the banquet last night for the sportsman's dinner? Favorite part was getting up there, listening to stories, getting uh, the young guy, uh, Pashal, the young boy. Braden Pahal, yeah. Yeah, Braden Pahal, yeah. Vegas Golden Knights from here. Yeah, and I thought he did a good job, you know, and, uh, you know, in your, probably one of your first interviews, uh, you know, he was a little bit nervous, but he did a real good job. Once he got going, he got relaxed and everything else, and I thought he did a great job, and then, uh, and uh, just a night seeing a lot of people I haven't seen for, uh, probably 50 years yeah uh they'd come over and re, uh refresh my mind and where i met or, or what what happened at the time and uh, when i was here and uh oh, i remember that and so on and so forth so uh we had a good time pretty awesome having you on the poster for the event and bringing you here to tell your story so we got to tell the viewers that not only did you play for the flyers for a very long time again checking for 67 to 78 the best time to be a flyer you worked for them for decades afterwards. Yeah. Tell know, the folks uh, that. Well, uh, when I retired, I retired reluctantly. I broke my leg very badly. And uh, Mr. Snyder, I was I broke it when I was with Colorado. I was only there for 16 games. And Mr. Snyder, the owner of the Flyers, when, I had, when this injury took place, he came and approached me. He came out to St. Louis to see me in the hospital in St. Louis. He said, Joe, I want you to work in the organization. I said, okay, fine. So he kind of more or less told me... Uh, he hired me, and uh, but it, I was a year and a half in the hospital, off and on for a year and a half because I, I broke my leg very badly. So once I got out of there, I started doing some scouting for the Flyers. In 1980, when the Flyers went to the finals against the Islanders, I preceded the team and go out and give reports to Pat Quinn about how I think we should approach this team to play them and so on and so forth. So uh, we started the advanced scouting, and I think, you know, I think the Flyers initially the bad scouting and other teams followed suit. I remember uh, the Rangers certainly followed suit as well as the Islanders did. And uh, but I would I would go out and scout the opposition, then come back and give the reports to Pat and try to inform him. I think uh, this is the way we should approach this game and so on and so forth. And it really worked out very well. And then we go to the finals against the Islanders and really a really a, a tough series. And uh, I thought we got the short end of the stick by the officiating. And uh, we should have won the damn thing, but we didn't. And uh, and I was traveling so much the next four years, and my kids were young. Just start, I just we just started having kids, my wife and I, and and I just couldn't travel that much because I'd be gone for ten days and come home for two days and be gone for another ten days. And my kids were you know six months old, and I wasn't home enough to see my kids. And uh, so I informed them I couldn't do that anymore. So in 1985, they asked me to sell advertising. So I start selling advertising uh, for the Wells Fargo uh, Spectrum, and then, then of course, the Wells Fargo yep. Center, and uh, and I've been doing that ever since. To last year, they asked me to retire after '78, and and I was upset because I had to retire at '78, and because uh, I worked 54 years in the organization, and uh, so it was very hard to accept. I'm just accepting it now. After a year later, I'm getting better at it. But I'm still. Little little uh, peeve that uh, that I had to retire. Well, but you're repping the Flyers and life's great. And yeah. I gotta, I'm gonna jump all over the place a little bit, but the football people have tuned in today because we normally call it a football Friday. But you were in here, so I had to get you on. Oh. <laughs> so they, you said, I said, who is the best flyer ever? And you named him in Alaska here now. But you said he couldn't skate and he couldn't shoot, but he's the best flyer ever. Yeah. 
and explain why Bobby Clark Bobby is Clark, there. Bobby Clark was a guy, and, and uh, he'll admit that he, he wasn't a great skater, and he, and he couldn't shoot the puck, couldn't bring a pane of glass most of the time, but he was just the best player. He made himself the best player just the way he played, the tenacity on the ice. And he didn't say a lot off the ice, but on the ice, his actions spoke very well for themselves. And uh, he was our leader, and he was the best flyer ever. I know a lot of people ask me that question, and they think it's Lindros. Well, I say, no, it's not Lindros, it's Bob Clark. Bob Clark was the leader on the ice, rolls off the ice, and just the best player. Yeah, well, player. so Broad Street Bullies. Right. To this day, it's like a net. I had no problem with it. I love that kind of hockey. Yeah. But there's a negative connotation to that era. How do you feel when people say that, that you guys were a bunch of goons? Uh, well, you know what? It's funny, funny, if we were a bunch of goons, we did very well for a bunch of goons. We won two Stanley Cups. There's a lot of teams that had a lot more talent than us. They didn't win. So obviously we knew what the hell we were doing. And, you know, hockey's a very physical game. You know, it's, it's a lot of contact and everything else. And it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And we went out there and proved, uh, proved our game was just as, just as good as somebody else's game. And, uh, I mean, we beat Boston in 74. You take a look at Boston. They had they had a big team and they were very physical and I remember before the first game against Boston uh, We hadn't beaten Boston in seven years in their building. We go into Boston and Freddie Shiro says Freddie Shiro says this is anticlimactic We just beat a better team to get the finals which was the Rangers and then we're gonna play Boston for the finals And he says this is anticlimactic the Rangers were a better team and I thought they were the best team in the league that year but uh, We beat the Rangers in a very physical series also and then we go to Boston, and Freddie says, the only way we're gonna beat this team of Boston is be very physical, show no respect to them. And we didn't show very little, very very much respect to Boston. We were out there and banged them, and they banged us, and we had injuries, they had injuries, and uh, and we had Bernie Pront. And uh, he was probably the, he was instrumental in our success as far as uh, winning that first cup as Bernie, uh, Bernie made some, you know, great, incredible saves. Should he be in the discussion as the best goalie in NHL history? Uh, I would say he's in the top ten. Uh, I think, you know, you, you, you look at Jacques Plante. I know he, for the Canadians, they won five or six Stanley Cups. Jacques was a very stand-up goalie. Very seldom ever went down. You know, you got Terry Sawchuk from Detroit. You got, uh, you got Glenn Hall from Chicago and Detroit. Uh, Jerry Cheevers, I thought, was a good goal, you know, a very good goaltender. Uh, but Bernie should be, and, and, and of course, Trechak, the great Russian goalie, he's as good as anybody. I always thought he was as good as anybody. So there are a number of goalies that uh, should be in the running for the best goalie. But Bernie's right there, I'd say, in the five, top, top anywhere from five to ten. And all-time characters, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a character is right. <laughs> um, so before we went on the stage last night, I said, Joe, what should I ask you about? And you said, well, you got to ask me about the Russian Red Army game. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, the Russians are over here beating all the top teams in America. And uh, and we played a game on Thursday night in Toronto. And uh, we beat Toronto. It's the only time I heard the fans cheer for us because they knew we were going to play the Russians in three days. And the Russians are over here beating all the top teams. And uh, they had to play Montreal on a Friday night. And they tied in, in uh, Montreal, and uh, they came to Philadelphia. And uh, we had to pull the prestige of hockey in North America by winning this game. And Clarence Campbell comes in the dressing before the game, and uh, and uh, 
Uh, Alan Eagleson came to the dressing room. Mr. Stoddard came to the dressing room and told him this and that. And, and uh, Lloyd Gilmore was going to be the referee. That's all we had to hear <laughs> because Lloyd, Lloyd loved our style of play. And and uh, they came in and told us that we are they're going to they're going to let us play our game. And if you watch the opening game, uh, the opening faceoff, the Russians got the puck. They made about 20 passes amongst them. We stood there and watched them. They were somewhat confused because we didn't go after them. Ferdy says, I want our defense to stand up at center ice and defend and the forwards fall back. And we try to break their play up before they get going. And Freddie was right. We uh, we dominated them. Uh, uh, we just dominated the game. We outshot them 49 to 13. If, if Trechak hadn't have played well, I mean, we would have beat him 10 to 1. But they left the ice. They left the ice about uh, when Eddie Van Ipp made a beeline on the penalty box for Karmeloff and knocked him down. And they thought it was a very severe check. And Eddie said, oh, he ran into my elbow. That's what happened. I didn't hit him. He hit my elbow. Oh, Eddie got him pretty good. Yeah. But uh, they walked off the ice. And so they and had why did they come back? Tell them why. Well, what happened was they went and told them they're not going to get their 200,000 rubles. They didn't come back and play. And they proceeded to come back and play. And uh, we just totally dominated. We dominated them to no end. But uh, they got their 200,000 rubles. We got the win. And uh, we were happy. And uh, I never realized how big of an impact our game had until we went to Kansas City two days later playing Kansas City. And, and Clarkie and I are walking around in the mall, this mall in Kansas City of all places. And, and we had people coming up and congratulating us in Kansas City of all places. Right. I didn't think they knew anything about hockey, but they did. They were, they were excited for us too that we won. So uh, I go, it goes to show you the impact we did make uh, on on get on the game. And you know, that would be one thing now with the way news coverage is, but that was 1976. Yeah. I think yeah. about that for a second. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. folks, yeah. it would be a disservice if I let Joe go here. So we're going to keep him for another segment. If that's okay, are you yeah, okay fine. to stick around yeah, for a little yeah, bit? Sure. So. And I want to talk to you about the Centennial Cup. And be, I'm going to bring it up now because i got a worse, far worse memory than you. i got a buddy who has a luxury suite up here. And he's got a Stanley Cup in there. And to oh, sign it, really? you have to have won the Stanley Cup. And he's asked me if you would come up and sign his oh, cup later yeah, today. Sure. Yeah, So he's got a lot sure. of signatures on there. Okay. So don't yeah. let me forget and I'll take yeah. it. Mike Lee's his name. Mydale Mike. You know Mike? You've seen the cup? Yeah. Thanks, oh, Joe. Really? Yeah, no it's kidding. very exciting. So, Isn't that nice? Yeah, so I promised him that I would get you to do that if yeah. you were agreeable, yeah, well, and I yeah, knew that yeah. you would. There's yeah. only one game slated in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. The St. Louis Blues are hosting the Colorado Avalanche and looking to force a game seven. The winner of this series will see the Oilers in the Western Conference Final. Baseball, after taking the series opener, the Blue Jays are back at it in Anaheim tonight. Yusei Kikuchi will get the start for the Blue Jays, who have won four of their last six games. And with the CFL Players Association ratifying its new collective bargaining agreement, the 2022 preseason will kick off tonight. The Ottawa Red Blacks will entertain the Toronto Argonauts. It's on TSN. And the Edmonton Elks visit the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room, your official home of slow pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings back with more with Joe Watson from the Affinity Place in Esteban right after this. This is the Centennial Cup brought to you by Tim Hortons on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. The Rod Peterson Show, live from Esteban, is presented in part by the award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. On location at the 2022 Centennial Cup. Brought to you by the city of Estevan. Beautiful sunny day in the Energy City Affinity Place. Quarterfinals today beginning at 4 p.m. Mountain this afternoon. You can watch them all at HockeyCanada.ca right in that barn. By the way, Saturday night, Jeff Foxworthy, the largest selling comedy recording artist in history, a multiple Grammy Award nominee and best-selling author of 26 books, brings his brand new the Good Old Days Tour to Grey Eagle Resorting Casino in Calgary. You can get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.ca. Jeff Foxworthy, I would not want to miss that show. Before we talk about today's games here at the Centennial Cup, doubleheader at 4 p.m., Longay versus Summerside in the night game, Flynn Flon versus Pickering in the afternoon game. Joe Watson here, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Philadelphia Flyers, does have an opinion, believe it or not, on the goal last night called back of Blake Coleman of the Calgary Flames. What do you think? Well, I think there wasn't a, a certainly wasn't a distinct uh, kicking motion. Uh, his skate was going in the direction where the puck was, and the puck was going to go in anyway. And uh, I think they should have taken that into consideration. Uh, whether he touched it or not, sure, he did touch it, but the puck was going in anyway. And uh, I disagree with the call. I really do. I think Calgary should have got the goal. Whether they would have won the game or not, they had six or seven minutes to play still, but... You know, uh, I, I think that was a, I don't think it was a good call. An unfortunate thing to happen in a series clinching game. But it's interesting that you said that officiating cost you against the Islanders in 1980, so maybe nothing's changed. <laughs> oh, boy. You know oh what boy. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. It did cost us in the Islanders. I mean, Dennis Potvin picked the puck out of the air. It was above his head, for Christ's sake, and they allowed the goal. And then uh, one of the Sutter scored a goal or... Yeah, Dwayne Sutter, maybe somebody scored a goal with, uh, and he was two and a half feet offside. Uh, Bobby Nyson got the the winning goal in overtime. That was a legitimate one, but we should have never went to overtime. Uh, it shouldn't be in overtime, and so it was. And Is video course. replay a good thing or a bad thing that we have it now compared to then when we didn't have it? Is it good to have it now the way we have it? I think it is, yes, yes. There's, uh, you know, there's some discrepancies in calls, uh, and... Uh, the video replay will come out, and uh, it gives a true call, and you make the true call, and they all. But I think last night, that was a wasn't a good call. No, I agree, and that's our yeah. poll question today for Capital Auto Mall Universal Collision Center: Should the Coleman goal have counted for the Calgary Flames? And last I saw, over sixty percent saying yes, it should have counted. Uh, Todd Pinkney is watching one of our P1 Priority One viewers. He says it's Joe Watson. Zach Hill's best friend <laughs> ah, in <right>. Philly, <laughs> the PR guy for the Flyers. Yeah, Zach. Oh, yes. Zach is a Zach's been with the Flyers thirty years. He came from the Sixers. Him and Charles Barkley are good buddies, and uh, but uh, Zach is very able and, and does a great job with the PR. He's he's been named uh, the number one PR guy in the National League, I think, about four or five times, and the job he does for. Uh, for uh, the Flyers is incredible. He and, must be uh, great. He really, really is. And uh, I just talked to him this morning, and I told him I was going to do this. 
He says, oh, that's great. So what? I don't know if he gets it there, you know. I, we are on cable television in Philadelphia. I'm yeah. not sure the cable carrier. I think it is TDS Cable. But say we do get regular uh, mail from viewers in Philadelphia, oh, so I'm sure, I'm sure they're happy to see on the air here. Uh -huh. Joe Watson, two-time Stanley Cup champion. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your time with the Colorado Rockies because I never did last night. 78-79? Yeah. Cherry wasn't there yet, was he? No. Uh, uh, Kelly. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. His first last name you was You got Kelly. me then. That's a long time. Uh, yeah, right. And uh, Ray Mirren was the general manager. And uh, when I went to Colorado, I had the Flyers after the season, regular season, um, uh, you know, you have a coach, you have a meeting with a coach and general manager, and they go over what they want to do and everything else. And they called me in and said, they said, Joe, we want to start developing young defensemen, but we want you to stay and help us. I said, okay. And what does that mean? I said, well, they said, well, you might play 40, 45 games a year. And I said, oh, I'm only 36. I want to play a full year. And well, if you want to do that, we're going to have to trade you. I said, okay, fine. So they asked me where I'd like to go. And I said, well, Colorado. I have a lot of friends out in Colorado and everything else. I thought that would be an ideal spot. <laughs> I Didn't go last. out there. I go out there. I play 16 games. I get my break my leg all to hell, and uh, I break it in 13 areas. End of my hockey career, and was in the hospital off and on for a year and a half. And uh, but it was not a good, fun way to end my career. But uh, it was, you know, I mean, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, so you're not surprised then to see the success that the Avalanche have had since in that market. Like, they love the Avalanche yeah, in Colorado. They they're ever, a great team. They, oh, they, they ever have. I mean, they have an exciting player. The two most exciting players in the league are two centermen. Two centermen. It's going to be, if, if they play against one another, that's going to be a, a series to watch. Really Pat close. Kelly. Pat Kelly. You're right. Pat Kelly was the coach. Yeah. Nice man. Great guy and everything else. And, uh. Uh, the team, we didn't have enough talent. We had a guy named Barry Beck was there, and uh, and uh, Barry, Barry, Barry was a big, uh, kind of a intimidating guy because he's big and strong and everything else. Uh, but we just didn't have enough uh, enough horses to do well in that that year. And of course, I was there six. I was named the captain of the team. I was there 16 games, and and uh, had my injury, and that was it. And then Mr. Snyder approached me, and I want you to come back to the organization. So. Uh, I had a disruption there for about six weeks. Everything and, uh, happens for a reason. Yeah. Made you appreciate Philly more. Yeah. Going to Colorado. Yeah. yeah By the way, I, I said to Joe as I was looking him up yesterday that he was from, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll leave you with here yeah. uh, and the viewers, uh, that he was from Smithers, B.C. Yeah. And I said, I know one other guy from Smithers, B.C. He played for the Pats. His name's Ron Flockhart. Flocky Hockey. Yeah. And you said... Yeah, well, you know, Flocky was uh, the altar boy when I got married. He was 10 years old, <laughs> and he wanted to meet Bobby Orr in the worst way. Bobby came up. He was my best man, and and uh, so Flocky got his wish, and uh, he was very excited. And, and uh, when I do see him, we still talk about it. Christ, it's 40-some 40, 40 years later. We still talk is Flocky about it. in Philly still? Or uh, where is well, he? He, no, he lives, in, uh, he lives in Salmon Arm, I think it is now, British Columbia, and I think he goes down to... Uh, he goes down to California, I think, in the wintertime. Yeah. And, Great uh, Regina, Pat. Great NHLer, Ron Flockhart. And, uh, well, you mentioned Bobby Orr. How did he come to be your best man at your wedding? <laughs> well, I needed somebody. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, uh, we, <laughs> we played together in Boston, and we lived together and, uh, in 66. And uh, he was a chef, and I, was, uh, I washed the dishes and vacuumed the house. Perfect. And, uh, We'd be, we were good friends and everything else. We had a five-bedroom home, and uh, 
And so we had a lot of, lot of fun in the five-bedroom. <laughs> a lot of action. <laughs> I bet. Hey, and <laughs> lastly, so, uh, you're here for the National Canadian Junior A Hockey Championship. Like I said last night on the mic, you were there. there is nowhere else I'd rather be than right here. What are you going to be thinking watching these young men chase well, uh, the national championship? Yeah, this you know, I'm going to be thinking the time that we, we went to the finals and uh, we played the Edmund Oil Kings in the final to represent Western Canada and Memorial Cup, and we got beaten seven games by them, and then they went on to win the darn thing. So I'm going to be thinking. I know they don't have, they don't represent the Memorial Cup. This league doesn't know. Nope. But you know, just to win, the fact that you have an opportunity to win and be the best team in your league or or uh, whatever, whatever it is, uh, uh, it's very, very gratifying for these guys. Whoever wins it, because they put a lot of hard work. The coaches have the uh, the training staff has, yeah. and the players put put. A, and there's a lot of good players here. I've only watched two games. Uh, and boy, there's a lot of skill in these young kids. There's so many, so much more skilled players than they were when we played. It's at, been amazing. Yeah. Well, there's one, there's one young guy there from uh, uh, from uh, Alberta. Uh, his name McAllister, yeah. number nine. That number nine. Oh, what a skill! Can't player. take your eyes off him. What a skill player! I don't yeah. know how old he is, or if he's going someplace, or he must I think be. He's 19, but oh, I think God, he's got skill. He should be playing college hockey. He should be playing college hockey. He's Probably will be. Uh, HockeyCanada.ca to watch all the games. Joe, it's been an absolute honor to get to know you. And I can't wow. wait to watch hockey with you tonight. Yeah, good man. Thank you very much. For, uh, a pleasure to be here. I love Estevan. We've had a great time, Rod. Thank you very much for thinking of me and of having course. me on your show. Flyers great. Joe Watson. we got Taco Time viewer takeover next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. We're streaming live on YouTube, and if you've missed any of the program, you can always watch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. The Rod Peterson Show, live from the 2022 Centennial Cup, proudly presented by the city of Estevan, Saskatchewan. And by award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is taco time, viewer takeover. Welcome inside Affinity Place. As you can tell, if you've been watching the program, we are situated right on the concourse here in the finest Junior A hockey facility in the land. Taco time, viewer takeover. Did you know taco time has been around for over 40 years in Canada? This iconic brand and a Canadian favorite serves 3.2 million burritos, 2.5 million tacos, and over 1 million Mexi fries every year. Here's the taco time here in Estevan, too. By the way, it's on Kensington Avenue. I'm pretty sure with over 120 locations, there's always one near you. We will, uh, if you want, jump into football the rest of the way. But on the text line here, a couple things. One, Clark, please open the text line in the break. There's a message for you here from one of our viewers. For producer Clark. Alex Fulton checking in from Toronto, Ontario. He is in the Game Plus control room, opping the show there. He says, morning, Roddy. Was it a goal or was it not a goal? The big question today, I think it was. Yeah, buddy. And that's the poll results. The last I looked, it was 60 plus percent. 61 percent say yes, it was a goal. Clark, what's the YouTube uh, vote at? 
Do you have a sample size? Oh, 54%. It's dropping. 54% say yes, it was a goal. We all uh, here think it was a goal, and I was cheering for both teams. But I guess for Calgary, not that the team's looking for excuses, but for the fans, uh, they at least they got something to allow them to sleep at night for the next several years ahead. This is an epic letdown for the Calgary Flames, who, as we said, their fans expected them to win a Stanley Cup. I heard it in Calgary. I couldn't believe it. People saying, we don't have a captain. Who is Gary Bettman going to hand the Stanley Cup to? This was in February. So it's good to have high hopes, but holy smokes, the letdown is uh, steep. Sean in Vancouver, BC, watching on Game Plus says, overall, Edmonton gave Calgary a distinct kicking motion to the golf course. Come on, Sean. As Chris Jones would say, win with class. Devin watching in Burns Lake, BC. Can you? Can we all remember this? Can you help me out with this? With the connect, uh, correct pronunciation of his name. He said, for future considerations, it's pronounced Pakailo. Pakailo. Can you remember that, Tank? Pakailo. He says, good morning, Rod. Are you ready for some football? Show me your picks, Bombers and Red Blacks, for the wins tonight. We really talking about preseason football results I don't even care about the wins Devin you're a smart guy you know better than that we'll have the game on in the luxury suite here at Affinity Place but as far as betting on the winner of a CFL preseason game soccer what is up Devin says that waved goal is just as bitter as the Jelena 2004 goal he says it's a buffet of sports today. Last minute of play in the hour one. Last minute of play. And Devin says, have a great weekend. Go Kings, go. He is a fan of the Dauphin Kings who are into a semifinal berth, right? Tank, are you following? Yeah. They got the day off here, the quarterfinals. Buffet of sports. I got NHL tonight, one game. Blues, Avs, Major League Baseball, Blue Jays at the Angels. Jays won last night, 6-3 to open the series. NBA tonight, Miami looking to stay alive as they visit Boston, trailing the Celtics 3-2. WHL Conference Finals tonight. Edmonton at Winnipeg, the Oil Kings looking to close it out. That'll be one you're going to want to watch. Uh, Seattle in Kamloops tonight in the Western Final. That series is tied 2-2. It is indeed a sports buffet and a wonderful time to be alive. Next hour, John Hodge will join us from three down to break down the CFL-CBA and Kicking off football tonight. Stick around. We'll be right back after this break on Game Plus TV. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.